0: We present to you the Larry and Phil Sketch Show featuring Lauren Smither and Philip Carl Kosteletsky. I tell you what, this fawn trap throws a great shindig. I am loving these cashews. So, what kind of work you into, Harmon? I work in the fish trade and Ministry of Propaganda. Sissy stuff. I'm into automobiles. Just flown in from Detroit, Michigan. You know it? Ari knows. I'll tell you what, Herm. If you're ever in my neck of the woods, I could hook you up with a sweet Buick.
1: Thank you, Herr
0: Hey, where you all going? To the buffet? Oh, I hope they got shrimp. Ladies and gentlemen, we present to you the Von Trapp children. Kids? I ain't gonna eat no kids. <laughs> Get it? <laughs>
2: Shh. The sad sort of clanging from the clock in the hall And the bells in the steeple, too What? And is, is this some inter- kind of European thing? Bird is popping out to say cuckoo What? Cuckoo Regretfully coo-coo. they tell us But what are they all tell us to say goodbye coo-coo. To So long, farewell, I'll be just saying goodnight. I hate to
0: go and leave this pretty sight. Why are they all kicking each other?
2: So long, farewell.
0: You know I'll I got to admit it, these guys say adieu. they're pretty good.
2: Shh, will you be quiet? We're trying to enjoy the performance. I
0: guess so, but I didn't know I was going to the opera. Whoop de do, I came here for a party. <laughs> This guy gets into my right bow. So I'm right I'm farewell, always right.
2: Oh Bobby I'd like to stay and taste my first champagne. Yes?
0: No. <laughs> oh, come on, Baron, let us stay up a bit. Give us some champagne. You know, my father made me shotgun a beer when I was 12 years old. Please stop talking. And ah fine, 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 I'll keep it down. Jeez.
2: Goodbye, goodbye.
0: What the heck was that? Now that kid's got issues. When did they rehearse this? Did they pay someone to choreograph this? Why do they all go to bed at the same time? One of these kids is 16, the other's 5. Okay, this is really dragging on. Ah, thank God, the last one. Hey, I'll tell you something, that youngest kid is not as talented as the rest of them. Great job, great job. Alright, wrap it up, people, wrap it up. (laughs) Daddy's hungry, am I right, Baron? Yeah, I'm right, I'm always right. Oh my lord, could you walk up the stairs any slower? Hey, you guys know how long it's gonna take for me to get home from here? My hotel is 20 miles away. Yes, yes, we get it. You beautiful little Aryan babies. Now go to bed already. Look, beautiful family, beautiful kids. So, uh, how about that buffet, huh? Uh, hello? Is this Stephen Haywood? Uh, yes, uh, speaking. ha Oh, hi, Lorraine.
1: So, I know this is a bit awkward, and I don't want to make a fuss, but I would like to talk to you about the incident that happened last Sunday. Incident? Oh, don't try it out like you don't know what happened.
0: Well, I was playing five-a-side last Sunday with Dan. Is that what you're talking about?
1: Yes, and do you remember what
0: happened? Um, we won? No. You tackled him and left him for dead with a very nasty breeze on his shin.
1: Um... I spent the entire day nursing him and making sure he felt better. Now, you don't have to give him a gift or let him hit you back, but I think an apology and a play date is in order.
0: He's 36.
1: He's my baby. He was terrified when he came home, and it took me all night to get your name and number, but I got it, and I have some very serious words for you, young man.
0: What are you talking about? You
1: tried to murder my son, and you will suffer the consequences. You're lucky I don't call your mother.
0: Attempted murder. That's a very serious allegation for what was a very minor injury.
1: Minor injury? He's lucky to not be in a coma or crippled for life. My
0: baby, my poor baby boy. <laughs> Listen, Lorraine, I don't know what your son told you, but I just tackled him. I am sorry that I heard him, but he's a grown man, and I don't appreciate you calling me up like this.
1: So you admit you were in the wrong, and that you are sorry?
0: I mean, I guess.
1: Good. Hey, you should come out for dinner sometime. We'd love to have you. It's always great to be one of Daniel's friends.
0: Uh, sure.
1: Fab. Bye, Steve. Take care, love.
0: God, what a crazy baby! What are you about
1: to swear? No, Mum. Now it's time for the Larian Field Bedtime Story. Tonight's reader is cultural critic and philosopher Slavoj Žižek. Over to you, Slavoj. Hello. Tonight we tell the story of Goldilocks
0: and the Three Bears. I am sure you have all heard it before. On the surface, the story appears to be about a little girl who has no self-control or respect for others. But ma, that is precisely what the story is not about. Gordy and the Three Bears is a story of ideology. Did you know, in the original story written by Robert Southey in 1837, Locks is not some girl, but in fact an old woman. And the bears are three bachelor bears. This detail makes him irrelevant, and perhaps is to those who are less psychoanalytical. But it positions the bears in polar opposite to the intruder, the old woman. In Stalinist Russia, there is a great joke. A man walks into a shop, he asks the clerk, you don't have any meat. The clerk says, no, here we don't have any fish. The shop that doesn't have any meat is across the street. But what about the third shop, the shop that doesn't sell any porridge? Ma, here is where we find the connection. All versions of the story end the same way. The little girl or old woman jumps out the window or and is never seen again. I claim this story is in many ways a great example of Helgian dialect. A crime is committed, your chair is broken, your porridge eaten, and your bed slept in, and so on and so on. Our rationale for learning about this crime is in our minds that the end of the story, Godilocks will be punished for her actions. But my God, it does not happen. She is frightened by the bears and escapes. The story simply ends. This is in many ways the great antithesis to the Western postmodern permissive pragmatic idealism of justice. Old Goldilocks is ideology in its purest form. Great harm falls upon you and your family and the world gives you nothing in return. Good night, sleep tight and do not let the bedbugs bite. The government has come under fire from critics who believe that the recent appointment of Byron Baby Guzzler to the post of Minister for Education is a direct threat to children's well-being, after claims have been made that the minister is known to drink the blood and eat the flesh of children. We are now joined with Business Secretary Peter Waverley to respond to these claims. Good morning, Minister. Good morning. Crunching the bones of young girls, eating eyeballs like lychee, and making rigatoni a la blood. Does that sound like an appropriate appointment for an education secretary to you?
1: Firstly, I'd just like to say hello to everybody celebrating Pancake Day out there today. I had a great time this morning with my family, making my grandmother's blueberry pancake recipe. But back to the issue at hand. I take the government's view that the appointment of Mr Baby Guzzler is a perfectly rational one. He has a proven track record of success in the education sector, and any comments made about child cannibalism are simply spin from the opposition.
0: That might be your view, Minister, but for many people, these comments aren't just spin. They are very serious allegations, especially given yesterday's leaked document from a manifesto that suggested all schoolchildren are to sign up as organ donors before the age of 10, quoting, This is the time in a human child's life when their organs are most succulent and flavorful. Does that seem scientifically accurate to you?
1: Well, if you look at the recent study from... It does, in fact, corroborate with this policy, showing that the new education secretary is simply keeping up with science. Besides, if you look at this statistic, you'll see that the popularity of organ donations against age shows a massive decline before the age of 18. It's a tough lesson to learn, but children must start to pour their weight in society.
0: All right, Minister. What about these recent tweets from Byron Baby Guzzler, where he says, could really go for a children burger right now, followed by the hashtag Diet starts Tomorrow.
1: Well, this is a clearly a tweet taken out of context um, that has no basis in reality. He clearly meant to write chicken burger. It's often easy to make a typo when you have a busy day and a busy schedule as a minister. For example, I could write a mistake such as I hate the poor, but it's very clear that I would meant to write I hate poodles. You hate poodles, minister? Just an example. But what I do love is pancakes. Just cooked up a batch, now with my sister's son, and we're having chopped nuts and ours a are- Minister,
0: you're diverging away from the point. We're talking about Byron Baby Guzzler here.
1: Sometimes a simple lemon and sugar is all you need for a good pancake.
0: <sighs> Thank you, Minister. Others have found problem with the fact that Byron Baby Guzzler is in fact a ten-foot-tall interdimensional monster whose fangs are as sharp as knives, eyes that glow redder than Mars, and does not speak a single word of any discernible language other than his demonic chanting.
1: Well, in our party, we don't wish to discriminate against people based on their ethnic and cultural background, religious affiliation, or sexual identity. Neither should the people of this country. We judge people of the quality of their character. Now, alongside
0: Baby Guzzler's other policies, he has been an outspoken candidate for raising the corporation tax. Here's a clip from a recent party fundraiser where Byron outlines his solution. What are your thoughts on this?
1: Well, it's very clear that not everybody in our party sees eye to eye on every issue. But as a government, we strongly condemn such irresponsible financial opinions.
0: Thank you, Minister. That was Business Secretary Peter Waverley. In other news, in Scotland today, 16 schoolchildren have been reported to be missing. They were last seen playing by the deepest and darkest cave in the history of existence. Police are looking for a suspect, said to be 10 feet tall, wearing a baseball cap and are urging people with any information to come forward.
1: What you fancy eating for lunch? Shh!
2: I want to listen to the trailers. I just want to watch the film. I haven't paid to see the adverts. From the makers of the Academy Award-winning Moonlight. Who the hell are the makers of the film? That could be anybody involved. Oh, Moonlight was pretty good. Comes this year's unmissable cinematic experience by the producers of The Notebook. A strange mix. And the executive producers of Health. Elizabeth,
1: you can't leave me. Ooh, a romance film.
2: No, Orlando. I must go and save Christmas from the Nazis.
1: Ooh, historical. Blind casting too. Do you recognize the actors? Oh, not
2: at all. With sound recorded from the boom mic operator of Jurassic Park. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I meant Jurassic World. Mm-hmm. And introducing Kenneth, the intern, whose father works in the production office. Seems very specific. With additional janitorial services from Rusty, the janitor who can no longer work in schools. This is just getting ridiculous. I don't even know what this film is about. I think mean, it's clearly a sci-fi. Coming to theatres everywhere. What is this even supposed to be? And starring uh, Robert Pattinson. Ah, I might give it a watch then.
1: That was The Larry and Phil Sketch Show. Written and performed by Lawrence Smither and Philip Karkoszoletsky. The sound was by Georgia Johnson.